Unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably been hearing a lot about the stock market lately. Millions of people are beginning to invest for the first time ever. And we're realizing that the financial system should be built to work for us. That's why Robinhood is creating real human education resources, truly digestible financial news, and a platform that lets you invest in your own way, on your own terms. The next generation of investors is already here, and it includes you. Robinhood. Investing is risky. Robinhood Financial, LLC. This is Anthony Robbins host of The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. This is Anthony Robbins host of The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. We give y'all real, real long. <laughs> I've been lying for so long. I've been lying for so long. <laughs> Believe me, I'm probably a porno, pornoologist. We cannot continue to deny women or minorities access to a system that has everything but their input. Shorty, you know that a nigga won't Came into my house, I had to boss it like a whole pie. I know she the bomb, she hit bong like a smoke guy. She passed me that white, I say I don't do no coke guy. Fuck up on my tripods, my tripods, that's no lie. Kick you out my tripods. What a world, this is Anthony Roberts, host of The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. And Artesia. <laughs> This is episode, what is this, 101? Yes, 101. I missed the 100th episode. I thought I was supposed to be on that, but I guess I wasn't special enough to make the cut. Okay, well, you said it, I didn't. So, this is, the reality (laughs) is, it's supported by Blog Talk Radio, the world's largest online radio hosting platform. So, be sure to create your own internet radio show or podcast at blogtalkradio.com. Also, check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Blog Talk. Be sure to leave us a rating and a review. We don't give a shit again if it's good or it's bad. We just want to hear from you. Also, shout out to iTunes again. The month, Black History Month, the shortest fucking month of the year. With everything bombarded in the month to make people forget about Black History Month. But shout out to iTunes for choosing our podcast to be featured on the new and noteworthy section uh, this month under the Black Enterprise tab of iTunes. We appreciate that love. Black voices moving on up. Was it? It was Black Though black experience, mm-hmm. not black enterprise. You yeah. said what? I said black voices. Yeah, that's because we heard it was under black voices, and it <laughs> wasn't under black voices. It was under black experiences. But hey, that's but that's, that's okay because clearly you got people out there looking out for you. Yeah, somebody looked at something. So man, we supposed to have two podcasts today. Two. Uh, we got one with me and my lady. We supposed to have another one where we have uh, our guest co-host Kayla. She came in. Where's our book at? She came on a couple of weeks ago. What is her last name? I never remember people's last names. I don't know. Go reach it. Go grab that book real quick if you don't mind. Take the earpiece out your ear. Take the blanket off your back. Get out of the hot chair. Walk across the room and go get the you book. You noticed please. that sounds like a lot. It did. That's why I explained it so the people who were listening probably could see why, probably wondering why the hell she's still sitting on the mic and he asked her to go do something. Shouldn't she be quiet and just. I mean, what was her last name? technically a last name it's like a middle name so kayla Faye. that's it kayla Faye. kayla Faye, tina Faye, kayla Faye. yeah kayla Faye, who was on uh the podcast and we're gonna get back to this comment you were alluding to while i was going over there to get the book shouldn't i just be quiet and go get it done okay so anyway uh <laughs> kayla Faye wrote a book uh, a book of poems and prose called no go she was on episode like 96 to 97 so she's supposed to come back today 
to just do a random podcast with me, not interviewing her, not talking about the book. She likes to talk about a lot of social issues. She likes to talk likes to talk about dating and relationships. She oftentimes hits me up or comments on podcasts not agreeing with some of the things that I say about relationships and dating. Most people don't agree with the stuff that I say about I know, dating and relationships. Why are you still here then? <laughs> I ask myself that every day. I think that would be the question. Why the hell are you still here? The reason I made so for me, yeah, we ain't talking about that. I don't no, even give a shit for, about no, our relationship. It's a really good answer. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear nothing that <laughs> sounds like uh, puppy love and high school love because that's what you're gonna say. And I don't want to hear that shit that. this morning. It's Sunday. It's ten o two. We've been up since about. I've been up since seven something. Well, you must have just woke up and stayed in the bed. I did. Okay. Well, anyway, so I wanted to, the reason when she went when I said when she went to go get the book, I was like, just do what you're supposed to do or do what I asked you to do, because everybody's making a ruckus about Jameis Winston. They're making a ruckus about Jameis Winston because he went to a school in Florida and he spoke to some third and fifth graders on his day off without mm-hmm. his team knowing it and Unplanned. doing it because he wanted to help the culture. We always say in the black culture, we do it for the culture. He was doing it for the culture, man. He was doing it for the culture to help these Shout kids out. out. To that young Shout man. out to him. I, I don't have his stuff up to read it verbatim, but they say Winston, uh, basically, they said that he pretty much was using misogyny because he, it was a one, and okay, this is the story that the media told. The media told a story about him speaking at a school, and basically, when he was addressing some boys and some girls in the classroom, he said, girls should be silent. That's what the headlines read. Jameis mm-hmm. Winston says, women or girls should be silent. If you read the article, which we don't read anything more than 142 characters in its entirety these days. 140. 140, 142. Who's counting? But the point of the matter is we don't read in depth. This guy spoke to the class and he said he didn't want to single out one individual kid who wasn't listening. So he said, hey, all boy, all the boys stand up. Mm-hmm. All the boys stand up. So they stand up. He says, men are supposed to be strong. We're supposed to lead. You know, we're not supposed to follow. We, you know, we're supposed to not make mistakes or whatever the case. I'm paraphrasing. So as he said that, he was like, you know, and women, you know, they're taught or they're supposed to be quiet and gentle and understanding and so on and so forth. He did a compare and contrast about what society deems men should do and women should do. He spoke in a high overview, a general context and what he was explaining. He did. He was saying the message and he separated them to say, this is what they tell us we should do. But he also said, we're going to make mistakes. But I want you to repeat after me. We can do anything we want in this world. Mm -hmm. He was basically giving them a motivating speech about what people, how society may view them, but how they can still do what they need to do. They can still fulfill their dreams. They can still live their lives. But for whatever reason, whoever wanted to take girls, be silent and go back through. Yeah. It was it was good that uh, some of the people that were there actually pointed out that the whole entire speech, which was about 40 minutes, yeah. was a good message. Yeah. And clearly it was just a case of poor word choice. Well, and he's in a process, not to be funny, James Winston may be 22, 23. Mm-hmm. He didn't finish college, which doesn't mean he's not educated. But there are things that were still left on the table that he didn't get the opportunity to learn. Exactly. I think a lot of times with, with athletes, especially, we talk about it all the time with black athletes. You, They come from, you know, impoverished areas, single-parent homes, maybe two-parent homes, but maybe one of those parents. It feels like a single-parent home at time because one parent is working two or three jobs mm-hmm. to make sure they can hold down the household. So he hasn't learned all the things that he needs to learn in order mm-hmm. to not make these minuscule mistakes that we may see as 
oh, he shouldn't made that mistake. Mm-hmm. Well, he's just now starting to do these things and speak in front of people. And with him being a public figure, he has to understand that every word you say is going to be taken out of context. Which is very unfortunate because at the end of the at the end of the day, we're all just humans. So we and we're all make are mistakes. entitled to make mistakes. I still make those mistakes. Mm-hmm. I make mistakes like that and saying things or saying things I shouldn't say on the podcast when it comes to talking about gays mm-hmm. and homosexuality. You know why? Because I don't understand in, in that whole culture. Mm-hmm. And I don't care to understand it. I don't care to not understand it. I just live. And if somebody tells me something, I take it in and I try to remember it and go there. You know, mm-hmm. but you're going to make mistakes. We also, especially men nowadays with the whole feminist movement, you can't say anything in regards to woman, a woman not being in the kitchen. Anything you say about a woman, it better be empowering. It, it better be positive, And you better be sure about your fucking self. And if you bring up a statistic, it better are, be true. you're still probably going to offend somebody because I At think the end of all the day, of that has been blown way out of proportion. Because the culture is pussy. The culture is definitely becoming pussy nowadays. Everybody wants to be a social uh, activist. activist and a superwoman or mm-hmm. a superhero or have the notoriety of or doing something. Like that's what or doing. definitely look the part. Yeah. But it's one of those things where like people are going to make mistakes. Give this man some room mm-hmm. to make that mistake is all I'm saying. Yeah. Period. Because probably now, the next time he gets a phone call <sighs> on his off day, he's probably not going to be so quick to, to say, hey, I'll do it. Yeah. Because... He got dragged through the mud. And again, he did this without Tampa Bay Buccaneers knowing that somebody asked him on his damn off day. I'm sure he has a shitload of shit to do. Think about the average person. I feel like I have a lot to do. I'm pretty sure I don't have a lot more than Jameis Winston to do with my day. It's the same thing when I tell black people, when black people be like, especially black women, oh, I I don't feel like working out. I had to work and then I had to take care of these kids. You ain't busier than Beyonce. Now, I ain't saying Beyonce ain't got people who may help take care of her yeah, kids. that's so, a broad comparison. No, but listen, though. I mean, even I, if, I even believe if, even that if people you are still, time for what you want to do. Exactly. But even if people, even if somebody is still taking care of her kids, she still got to choreo, you know, yeah, do the dance steps. Away, she still got to travel here. Working, she still got to travel there. She, she got to do all of this shit, and she still keep her body on point. Yeah, she does. But I'm just saying, like, in most cases, it's easier for celebrities to do it because, not to be funny, they have, hey, I'm getting meal preps now. But they have somebody cooking for but them. But even with you getting meal preps, somebody, are you still not busy? Because yeah, there, there are busy. jobs that you do and that other people said, can't do. I'm not taking away from the amount of work that goes into their craft, but that's a very broad comparison to say from the everyday woman to somebody that's living Well, let's their get life a basic person who is a regular person. Let's take it down a notch. Beyonce just came to my mind because that's who y'all seem to honor as your idol god. Women, <laughs> black women, and gay people. I wouldn't go as far to say idol god, but hey. Well, that's what the church would call it. Well, you're buying we both the CDs, know you right? You ain't in the church no more, so nah, it don't I matter. No I was in the church, and I still wasn't in the church when I was in the church. So it don't matter. I'm really trying to think of a good example of just an everyday woman that's getting all of this done, but unfortunately, I cannot think of one right now. An everyday woman is getting everything done yeah, and like working out? Yeah, like on all cylinders, like career, family, like keeping their whole life balanced, being able big, to work out, One all of the that. biggest things that I feel like, and, and, and women drop, period, when they're that busy and have kids is... The man loses out, and we, your, well, he- and your out health, and your health, and that's what I was gonna say. And yeah. your health and yourself loses we put out. Ourselves on well, the I'm back a man, burner. so I have to say man. Mm-hmm. But that's the point. You, but you, not to be funny, when you put yourselves on the back burner, if you care about this dude, that's a part of you as well. Of course. Or that's a part of things that you love to do with your spare time or mm-hmm. your free time. Yeah. Correct. That is correct. So what's but the solution first and to that? Foremost, it's all about getting back to yourself. I think that's why it's such a big push for self care right now. 
It's a big push for everything. Yeah, you know, everybody wants to be on some kind of bandwagon. But I think it's a good message with self-care. Like, for me, I've made it a goal this year to make time to do the things that I want to do, whether it's something as simple as going back to reading books, going back to writing my, on my blog, or even just journaling in my personal life. So, yeah, I've incorporated more working out because that was my big excuse. Like, I'm always ripping and running for kids and other people that I'm helping out or whatever the case may be. But I've gotten back on it. It's not as strong as it could be, but I'm back in the gym. So we'll see how it goes. All right. And you were talking about reading. I want to give a shout out, man. Shout out to Malcolm Gladwell. I've always heard about uh, the number one national bestseller, Outliers, The Story of Success. So sometimes, you know, when I get my money, I still didn't get no income tax. But the point that I'm making this statement for is so many people get their income tax money and they go buy bullshit. Oh, yeah. They don't even invest. They go buy bullshit. It's good. Those are clean mic heads. I wash my mic heads. Okay, good. She talked to she, this, this <laughs> mic touched her lip, and it was like an unknown dick was on her lip, forcefully. <laughs> so, but yeah, so if you get a chance, go check out, uh, go pick up Malcolm Gladwell uh, Outliers. You can get it on um, iBooks. You can get mm-hmm. it on audiobooks. Yeah, Barnes and Noble. Amazon, uh, which is my favorite right now. True. Because I just became a Prime member and I feel all special. Oh, okay. But uh, Charlemagne the God always talked about this book, and I heard other. Uh, um, public figures and authors talk about the outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. So definitely glad I picked that up. I may have some podcasts in reference to some of the um, chapters and, and points key that points. he made, key points that he made in the book. I also went and got notes of a native son from James Baldwin with James Baldwin with a new introduction by Edward P. Jones. This is another book I picked up. Now I've always liked James Baldwin. I've even read some of his stuff before some articles and some essays, but after read, you know, after watching, I am your Negro. I'm not, not your, your Negro. Negro. <laughs> I am your Negro. Shit. I just took us <laughs> back 400 years. All the way up. <laughs> so I'm not your Negro. I wanted to go ahead and uh, support James Baldwin in a different way and learn a little bit more about his life. Um, I also picked up, um, Artesia told me to pick this up, creating prosperity, energy, and joy in a low trust world. Yes. It's called smart trust by Stephen M. R. Covey. Very good book for the optimist of the world. Well, I'm pessimistic, so we'll see. I mean, the pessimistic. Yeah. <laughs> see your bad we making mistakes. word choices rubbing you know off what? on me. We need, to get some, we need to get somebody in the background who can write down all the mistakes we make. Oh, yeah. And then at the end of it, like on, what is that show? Holly Question. It's either Holly Questionable or uh, Around the Horn on ESPN. After they do the show, they'll be like mistakes, and they always come back and say, hey, it should have been this instead of that, yeah. so on and so forth. And I, it's dope that. that they do that. Because you're going to always have that motherfucker out there who listening. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, that's wrong. That's wrong. Ready. And, and they ain't even doing shit with their lives. They ain't doing nothing with their fucking lives but sitting up there eating cold cuts <laughs> and listening to what Pointing the fuck we saying. Pointing out what somebody said wrong. Shit, we're going to all make mistakes again. You know what I'm saying? I'm Jameis Winston in it today. But I'm low-key mad at myself, though, because I really did say that kind of confidently. Well, it's so much shit that I say wrong with confidence and people believe it. And I was talking to somebody the other day. I was like, since I've been doing this podcast the last two and a half years, I be having people hit me up saying, hey, what do you think about this? And I always say, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. I ain't writing no books in this motherfucker, maybe down the road. Yeah. But even when I do that, hell, the book I may write may be, may be uh, the title may be in my opinion or in his own word, because I don't ever want anybody to take anything I say for facts, period. Okay. So I want to dedicate this to... Um, if he's listening, Detrick. What's Detrick's last name? We're not giving out last names on this. Okay, one. that's good. I was going to bleep it out anyway. But I can't remember <laughs> this nigga's last name either. Detrick has been a friend for a couple of years. But Detrick, after you posted on Instagram 
yeah. about going to fucking Catfish Fridays. The Catfish <laughs> no, Basket. No, no, no. No, Catfish not Catfish Floyds. Fri- Catfish Floyds. I don't want to fuck Catfish all people. Catfish Flo- uh, Fridays, I can at least call it in and it's ready when I Because I'm about to dog up. Catfish Floyds. So any nigga in Dallas who likes Catfish Floyds. And I still like Catfish Floyds. Fuck I, them I mean, I grew to up the day on Catfish I'm Floyds. Gone. Fuck them. Well, you you don't have um, as much patience as I do either. And I don't so. have a rapport with the South Dallas community. Yeah, this you is don't. not my home. Yeah, so that's my hood. So it's like. Fuck them. So, first of all, after <laughs> seeing Detrick's uh, Instagram picture, the fish basket did look delish. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know what? We gonna ride over here. You know what I'm saying? We done we done came from another Saturday of Artesia's son basketball game. God bless their hearts. They got their asses thrashed. For the first time this season, though, okay. I'm But they did have out. niggas on their team that looked like they were yeah, 16. Yeah, those kids was not fifth graders. Them motherfuckers they was not, not fucking 10 years old. Them niggas they weren't was even carrying themselves. They had grown men faces. And they was out there acting like they was shooting pro basketball. I was just saying, one of them niggas I would have picked up if we was running street ball. <laughs> like, at 10 years old, niggas ain't coordinated. Like, on y'all team, y'all son team, you got little niggas out of breath, looking perplexed. Hey, wondering now, don't what make the, our team what, sound bad. No, they, 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 you know, wondering what's going on. But at that age, at the 10-year-old age, it's, it's, it's this simple. Your skill is, you haven't fully honed in on those skills. Yeah. So if you're bigger, you're probably going to win. The last game I came to when I saw your kids, was I was like, your team is bigger. They're definitely going to win. When we came in uh, the, yesterday, I said, I said, these niggas look like they playing middle school ball. Yeah, you said this they dude, did, this nigga did a crossover in practice. <laughs> and I was like, that nigga got a hezzy out like a motherfucker <laughs> shooting up, laying up. And when they laying up, they, they wrist was popping. Yeah. Like a coach said, mm. yeah. when I watched y'all's team playing, they was just throwing the ball up with two hands off the glass. Now they making shots, yeah. but they have to use two hands, which lets you know they're still in an adolescent stage of growing and developing their game. These other niggas was crossing over and dribbling behind their back and rolling it up and finger rolling and kissing that bitch. Yeah, it was all bad yesterday. And one dude was throwing a pass and I'm like, this nigga look like 1990-something Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. So the final score was like 28-4. to (laughs) They had won the previous week like 36-2. to yeah. So basically, the moral of the story is if you're bigger at that age, you're probably going to win. I wanted to talk about catfish, catfish Floyds. Is that the, this is the right one? Yeah, First of all, Floyd. we came around the corner. When I pulled up, I already knew we was in the hood. But it looked like a trap house. That's the first thing. <laughs> it looked like a trap house. Bars on the window. I didn't know you could walk inside. We had been at the drive-thru, the, the drive-thru for about 15 minutes waiting. Mm-hmm. She was like, I'm about to walk inside. I didn't even know that was an inside. <laughs> because it looks like a trap house. The, the What is the screen when you read the menu? The outside menu, it had so many words and shit on it. I couldn't really decipher what prices prices. went with shit. Stickers on the board with red fives for $5. I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on around here. We pull up. And, you know, normally when you see the person in front of you, the microphone is loud enough to where you can hear them talking to the, 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 the patron. And you can hear the conversation. We sitting there and I'm like, we've been here 20 minutes. I ain't heard them say shit to this woman in front of us. We pull up. I'm wondering what's going on. I'm talking to myself because I'm like, is anybody going to ever answer the fucking thing to take my order? So they do answer. You can barely hear them. We get the order. We're in line. Literally no bullshit. 45 minutes. I literally put on Brilliant Idiots podcast. And by the time we got to the window, it was 52 minutes. Some of you are probably asking, why the fuck didn't your dumb ass leave? I wanted fish. Yeah. 
and, and in some places, in some I mean, places you're you, not gonna you get. Gotta get the fish from there. No offense, right. but most white establishments that I've ordered fish from. It's not fish. Yeah. I saw a nigga, a white dude, because white people can be niggas too, walk into Catfish Fridays one day, Mm -hmm. and he came in, and when he talked to me, he said, have you ever eaten here before? I said, yes, sir. I've eaten here. He said, I've never tasted catfish in my life because we believe the catfish are the bottom feeders of the lake, Mm -hmm. which they are. Yeah. But he said, I ain't never tasted no fish to taste this goddamn good. I had to come back. The only white nigga in the south side of Dallas that I had saw at that time. <laughs> the fish had to be good. So why I, why I waited in line 50 minutes is because I wanted good fish. Mm-hmm. You brought up other things on Postmates and Uber Eats, and I was like, well, fuck this. At this point, I didn't want you it. were complaining about the way, and I, you know, everybody Who knows. doesn't? Well, at this point, it's not complaining. It's making true statements. 52 minutes waiting in line for fish, My that is a record. on this, though, is because I'm used to doing this, I just don't even talk about that part because you end up making yourself more frustrated and you're still going to sit there So and basically wait, what you you're saying is when you go to Catfish Floors, make sure you have a full playlist of what yeah, you want to listen to. Yeah, just do something else. Some I'm reading material phone, talking, or, or something whatever. to prep yourself for the hour long exactly. wait. Exactly. Because the more you sit there and talk about how long it's taking, you're going to be like, miserable so i wanted to leave but we finally got to the window we forgot to order hash browns back at the thing and i'm like okay hush puppies yeah hash browns hush puppies (laughs) and again i'm trying to get to the end of this you know i'm sounding like harper i'm pulling a harper again he's gonna hear this podcast and be like damn this nigga throw a shade for the third week in a row so i'm a harper in this bitch but i'm about to get on through it so we get around to the window nobody's at the fucking window you go to wendy's you go to burger king you go to whataburger they make they have a first window and a second window yeah trap houses have one entrance and normally one oh, exit. But wait a minute, we gotta rewind a little bit. Okay. To further prove the point that you thought it was a trap house, cause somebody walked to the back door while we were sitting in the car and got a whole bag of fish. <laughs> this lady walked up on her cell phone and the door opened on the back side of the trap house. <laughs> you didn't even see who was inside. Catfish you trap house is what the bag. name of this podcast will be. <laughs> Don't let me forget this. Catfish trap house. <laughs> Parenthesis. Catfish Floyds. <laughs> That's what the name of this podcast is because I want Catfish Floyds to know. So she walks out and I didn't even see the dude's face. I just saw a hand yeah. in a black bag yeah. and I could tell by the weight of it, the fish was uncooked. Because <laughs> it was a lot of fish. And then she walked off and I was like, damn, he just hooked up. Yeah. But you know, that's black owned business. We do try to look out for our own even though we fuck over the patron. So we get around to the window. I'm waiting five minutes for somebody to come to the window. Again, this is a trap house catfish spot. There's no first and second window. It's one window. After five minutes of waiting, I'm like, I want some fucking hush puppies. I wonder if they're going to add them on. Is it going to take longer? So this lady comes to the, to, the, to the window. Black lady. She got, clearly, you know when you eat in fast food restaurants, you wear the stocking over your head. Yeah, the little. Lynette. And it's clear, right? Uh-huh. Or it's black. Mm-hmm. This bitch had on a silk cap like you were to <laughs> sleep at night. I don't think you recognize that. I was actually so upset at her poor customer service that I wasn't even like. She had on a black satin scarf. <laughs> she had on these eyelashes and she had on green contacts. And she came to the thing like she was just tired and perplexed. So she came to the window. And she told me, that'll be 2238, please. <laughs> I said, well, can I get some hush puppies with this? Hush or- puppies come with it. I said, I didn't order the hush puppies, though. I need to know if I order hush puppies to go with my meal, that it's not going to be another hour. Give me one minute. No, she didn't even say give me one minute. She just turned around and walked off. Well, maybe that's the service I'm used to. Yeah. So then she walks off. She's gone for five or ten minutes. She comes back. And quotes a different price. And quotes a different price, which means the bitch had to add the hush puppies 
to the order. Go yeah. ahead. And at first she said, what did you order? She didn't even know what oh, we yeah. ordered. She didn't even know what the fuck I ordered. <laughs> so I'm thinking they ain't got no screen. Or, uh, with this being a trap house, I'm pretty sure it was a pen and paper order mm-hmm. that was going on on the inside. Yep. They didn't have a computer system. Mm-hmm. So we get the order. She hands me the shit. I said, ma'am, are the hush puppies in there? Yeah, they in there. So by that time, I got an attitude with her. We got an attitude together. She gives me the food. And this is why I don't go. This is why I don't do black-owned businesses all the time. And some people are going to listen to this and be like, damn, he black and he bashing. Mm -hmm. I'm bashing Catfish Floyd's. For their poor customer For their poor customer. The fish was fucking amazing. Honestly, for me, the weight was to be expected. Because like I said, I've done done this years on end. So the weight was to be expected. But the customer service at the window was gravely disappointing because I have never experienced that. Well, I will never go to Catfish Falls again. The fish was but good. I'm sure the service send me was over bad. There to pick up an order, though, right? Nah, it ain't that good. I mean, if you want to go wait and you want to bring it home on a Friday night, that's fine. Yeah. But well, I'm no, not sending or go going to anybody five, over which there. Which is Catfish Fridays because you get a choice to get the spicy catfish, and I love the spicy. So what did I say? The Catfish Trap House. Yeah, catfish that's the name trap of this episode. House. That's the name of this episode. So you ever walk by people? You always hear people talk about, especially with white people, and when it comes to white and black, you hear people. Who always be like, when I see white people, they don't look at me or they bow their heads, so on and forth. Not bow their heads, but they they look down and don't acknowledge mm-hmm, us. They shy away. And I heard, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who lives in the apartment complex, and we were downstairs talking. And as we were talking, we just saw several people, you know, white people pulling up and walking by. Now, mind you, because they always come in around the same time. I do a lot of work from home, so I see a lot of these people a lot of the times, and I know how they move and how they work. I, I notice everything. Mm-hmm. So as we're talking, we see one white girl, she parks her car near us, but she's waiting in the car. Scared to get out. 10, 15 minutes go by. And I'm thinking, is she going to get out of the fucking car? Because we on the corner that she has to walk past to get into the building. Now, a lot of people may look, listen and be like, how do you know? Oh, you know. Who the fucks wants to get off work at 5 o'clock, <laughs> drive the all the way home in traffic, minutes. and then sit in the fucking car for 15 minutes? You ain't on the phone. You ain't eating shit, and you ain't reading shit. You just keep looking up to see if we leaving. And how do I know is because I'm not the black person that looks off. I'm going to stir right through your fucking being, and I'm going to see everything. So she didn't get out. She finally got out. She wasn't going to speak, and I, you know, I looked at her, and, and when I looked at her, she was like, how you doing? But she looked down as she was speaking. So my friend, Miss Tracy, was like, why do they do that? Mm-hmm. Why do they always look down? Don't acknowledge us. Don't look at us. I said, think back to 19, anything before 1900, some after the 1900s. Think of situations to where on slave plantations and even in the Emmett Till times, we were supposed to what as a white person walk past oh, by your head, yeah. take your hat off. Yes, sir. No, sir. If you really think about it, and this is what I told Tracy. This shit has reversed. They brought it upon themselves. Mm-hmm. Our aura is so powerful. They fear us so much for whatever the fucking reason may be. They've already switched the culture of way thing, the way things had been happening to now. When we walk by without saying shit, mm-hmm. they walk on another side of the sidewalk. They bow their heads. These are all things that slaves and black people used to do in the early years. Yeah. Now they're doing it. That's true. You should acknowledge it and look at it as lift your head up, straighten your shoulders, Put your shoulders back and stick your chest out Mm -hmm. because you have so much power and aura of yourself. They fear your presence and they acknowledge it 
by getting out of your way when they see you walking, and by putting their heads down. I think it's funny because for somebody like you, I mean, your build is automatically intimidating. Mm -hmm. So they say. Yeah, so they say. But for me... I'm just like a happy-go-lucky person. Mm-hmm. So when I see it happening, like yesterday when I was leaving to go to the store, it was a group of white people down talking outside their apartment door. Yeah. And I turned the corner, and one of the white ladies, she jumped out of her skin so hard, and she was like, let's go inside now, guys. And I'm thinking to myself, like, really? I just want to be able to. The one thing I really want to do, if I don't take nothing else away from this podcast and all the times that I do it, I'm really hoping to get to a point to where I can have more conversations, not more than what we do now, but more conversations with people that of the opposite race. Mm-hmm. I want to know what you think. I want to know how you feel. In a prime recruiting area. Why do you feel that way? I ain't going to be able to get none of these niggas inside my home. <laughs> it's hard to get them out of to, have to, to the community. It'd be hard to do that, too. <laughs> the point of the matter is white people don't like confrontation. And they like to talk about things when they like to talk about them. And most of the time when they like to talk about things that I'm aware of, and in my opinion, it's the wrong time or they want to talk talk about it amongst themselves, which means they want to talk about it amongst other white people who have no clue or inclusion in the black community Mm -hmm. to even talk about why we do the things that we do, which means they're getting no fucking where. Mm -hmm. You're just hearing something and you're saying the thoughts that you have and somebody else is saying, yeah, that's right. I like to play devil's advocate. I want to hear somebody say that's wrong or I don't believe it. That's what I want. Well, you're not going to get that today because I agree with what you're saying. You are going to agree? I said I'm agreeing with what you're saying. Yeah, well, it's going to come at some point, maybe on the topic that we're about to get ready to talk about before we wrap it up. The pressure that women have to always be on. And the thing that we're going to focus on on the Reality Is podcast over the next couple of months we want to talk to women next couple of weeks. Yeah. Because next month, what being March is yeah. women's history month. That's correct. Okay. So we got a lot coming up. I already told you guys, we're going to be having an event on March 24th. We got mm-hmm. the flyers coming down uh, this week. We'll be putting it so out and promoting save the it. Date. Save the date. March Friday, 24th, March a Friday 24th. at seven o'clock Correct. at wild detectives bookstore. Yeah. More information coming soon. We'll have that out by the end of the week. So, what does Women's History Month mean to you or how? why is it so important? And also, you the one who brought it to me about the pressure that women have, you know, that the pressures that women have to always be on. I'm getting tongue-tied like a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, women's history is important, first and foremost, because I don't think women um, always give full credit for the things that they've contributed to society. And then with regards to the pressure that we face, because we are women in I think I was talking to somebody the other day. I don't know if it was you or whatever. But um, a lot of times the women's focus or the woman's focus was supposed to be at home with the family. Mm-hmm. And so now in this day and age, you have a lot more women that are myself included. I believe I should be entitled to have it all. I want the good career. I want to be successful you know, in my family life, work life, and everything else that I want to do. So a lot of times in our conversation this morning, I forgot, what, what were we talking about? Don't ask me. You're no help. Anyways, it's a lot of pressure for women just to hold it all together. And nobody realizes how much pressure. I don't think they realize how much oh, pressure they Oh, we were talking about, that's, I got it. You were putting on, you were doing your makeup yes. or doing a facial regimen. Exactly. And I was like, what are you doing? And then you gave me, you know, you were telling and me. over the last couple of months, I had like a health issue that caused my skin to break out, which is the first for me because I've never you had. you being all transparent and shit. Shut up. <laughs> 
anyways, I've never had any kind of skin issues or acne yeah. or anything like that. But I had a health issue that caused my face to break out. And I noticed in general conversation, you will always bring it up and be like, oh, so you'll say something at the most inopportune time. Even when I feel like I'm having a good day, mm-hmm. you'll be well, like. Well, I take them hand clasps back because now <laughs> women going to be like, this nigga is such a dick. No, not in a dick way. Oh, don't but- let me forget about Gap yesterday when we went to Barnes & Noble, what happened in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not in a dick way. You'll just ask me a question. And because I'm already insecure about that in this moment, mm-hmm. it'll be something to be like, dang, why you got to always bring this shit up? Yeah, like, I okay. know it. And, I, and, and, and let me say this, because this is the reality is where filter becomes extinct. And I have to be honest. And I think men, some man somewhere, as much judgment as, a judgment as I will take, mm-hmm. this is the being, this is the reasoning. First of all, as a man, we pride ourselves on what our women look like. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When we walk into a room or when we come into an event, unfortunately, society has told us you need to have something nice on your arm. Now, I'm not saying that. I'm what I'm saying though is that's the thing. Like as a man, you want to know that as much as the blemishes you feel like, oh, you know what, these blemishes on my face. I want to get rid of them. Your nigga want them to be gone too. Now you have a woman that you'll have a woman to write a book or an article that'll be like, a real man supports his exactly. woman. Even and do I not? I mean, you support but, me, but your support is in a different way. And I did use. But the I think it's okay to you... have that though. It's okay for a man to ask questions or wonder. It's it's no different than if a nigga meets a woman and when he meets her, she's a ten. Mm-hmm. And then if she lets herself go two years later and she drops down to a seven, a nigga's gonna now start to a, a nigga's gonna start to think to himself, Well, when I was with her, when I got her, she was mm-hmm. a ten. Now, now that she's a seven, is it time? I've watched her drop from a ten to a nine and a half to a nine to eight and a half to eight to seven and a half to seven. When is it time for me to step in and let her know, bitch? I see you slipping. That's a different story, though. There's, there's a difference. I'm not saying this about somebody. you, but I'm no, addressing no, no. this. I'm just saying generally, there's a difference between somebody letting themselves go just for the sake of letting True. themselves go, or somebody having a situation occur to them that caused them to be less than or. Not looked less at than. In a Don't pull the Jameis no, Winston. No, no, no. Don't Jameis Winston. <laughs> looked, looked at in a different light. Because and, of a health issue yeah, that you're going through. And the through. example that I used was everybody that listens to the podcast knows that you went through Bell's palsy. There yeah, were certain true. things that you could not do or did not want to do Very true. because of the, the way I policy. looked. And there was never a time when I said, well, why aren't you doing this? I, I didn't come at you like that what because I'm, I already knew and I'm true. supporting you through your illness because very that's true. what your significant other is supposed to do. Exactly. But we already know that men are not the same as women and we look at things and differently and we view things different. And that's why I brought up this topic because and that is it's great. a lot of pressure. But you know what? And that's great. I think, but you know what? Women do have a lot of pressure on them. Mm-hmm. You know, you do have to put on and not to be funny. Unfortunately, you have to fight amongst other women mm-hmm. for rank. You have to fight amongst men for rank. So I definitely get that. I'm not even going to talk about things that fellas go through. See, notice how I'm going to focus on the woman because next next month is Women's History Month. <laughs> so this is a lesson to all you cocksuckers and you motherfuckers out there who when somebody's talking about men or women, you want to say, well, what about the opposite? That's why we can't get nowhere. So today we're going to focus on strictly women. What else is it that women go through that we that you feel like we need to acknowledge? I mean, I think that's it because that's our whole thing. That ain't it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that encompasses everything, like, especially for me. So, you got to be on at work? Yeah, you got to be on at work. And then it's a struggle. Your looks are important at work as well. I think I even told you, you were going to work one day, and I know that you're going through what you're going through. Mm -hmm. But I remember one day, and it's unfortunate, and I I, I did have the enough couth 
and foresight to see that you were going through something with the health. But I did say, hey, I understand. But with you getting this new position at work and being promoted, mm-hmm. you told me several times they, they compliment you on your hair. Oh, yeah. They compliment you on the way you talk. They compliment you on the way you look. And I said, don't forget and don't think for a moment that your promotion, as well as it came with what you do, the fact that you always came home and told me they pretty much raved about what you look like, some of the women and some of the men, I was like, you may need to put some makeup on this week or the day or make sure that you are looking your best at work because not to be funny, as sure as you can be promoted for the things that you're good at and what you look like, unfortunately, when, when you're an attractive woman in a position of power, you're there because of what you bring to the table. But some people, we can't in a patriarchal society, you can't think that some of your looks when you are an assistant or whatever don't bring and up something. And that's a bit of a slight too, because even though it may have some truth to it, yeah. it's like as a as a woman or a hardworking woman, because I know what I bring to my company, it's hard to digest that part of the reason why I'm in the position that I'm in is because of the way that I look. But how many jobs have you had since we've been talking that you got because of, you had a job one time after you had gotten laid off or you left the job. You had got a nigga to offer you who was an attorney who said, I will pay you $1,500 a week to show up literally because of what you look like. And this was a white man, which means... Which is exactly why I did not do it. And... <laughs> Well, we're going to champion you after I got through telling the story. <laughs> Just hold for the applause. Okay. I'll put some applause okay. in on the podcast <laughs> when you do that. I'll make sure it comes right in with some music. But the point of the matter is, because of what you looked like, mm-hmm. he offered to pay you pretty much two grand a week mm-hmm. to come into the office and, and push papers and sit and there or run errands and look pretty. So when people came in, they saw an attractive black woman. Mm-hmm. You always get topics, too, about your hair. Your hair is long. It's about as long as my dreads, which yeah. is about... My dreads are about 15, 16 inches. Mm-hmm. So. And it's all mine. Bitch, <laughs> it's all hers. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm <laughs> but you always get that. You know, people always be like, is that your hair? Yeah. Is this, this, and this, that? That's a part of your aesthetic look, too. It is. You don't think that that's something, too, that people look and be like, what? We need to get up in there. It's I just, unfortunate, I just though. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's true. I get it, but you I think just you're gonna be a stripper at the Chippendale if you ain't hung? Well, see, but that's not my line of work. It ain't your line of work, but you gotta have something. <laughs> I know. What have you done for me lately? Is the society that we live in, it, and that's very unfortunate because there are very there are a lot of smart, talented women that may not be getting some opportunities. Yeah, just and there's a lot of, of men that, that are gro- that are growers to where they may be four inches, and another <laughs> nigga is hung with eight inches, but he want to work at the Chippendale because if they rub him, he gonna get hard, and he gonna be like them. So we all need equality of some sort, right? <laughs> are we right or are we wrong? Yes, this is right. Now, one thing I want to tell people when it comes to equality, I believe in opening the doors for women. Mm-hmm. I believe in, you know, letting them get in line and whatever. Yesterday, we had to be at your son's game at three. We had already been ripping and running. We had other shit going on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I want to get this Malcolm Gladwell book and I want to get something by James Baldwin. <laughs> We went to the blacks. Where were we at? We were on the white side of town. Yeah, but it was too much traffic to get to the bookstore. Okay, so we came over here. We went to have price books. They didn't have nothing, so we went to Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of traffic over there. It's Cedar Hill. It's one of those up-and-coming areas for the black people that's more prestigious, and it's where a lot of people go. They got the shopping malls, the bookstores. They got all of that. So we go over there, trying to get in and out. Boom, boom, boom. In and out. Bleep. <laughs> trying to get in there. Come around the corner. <laughs> we see 
what was it? it was like a Mercedes or something. She's waiting. Yeah. Signal light is to the left. She's on the right side. Yeah. Her signal is to turn left. So normally we already know when you see somebody, they're waiting. Mm-hmm. Signal light to the left. They're waiting on somebody else to pull out to get in. Mm-hmm. But Everybody other cars proceed. Around. Everybody proceeds to go around this lady because they see no hazard lights that are backing out for this lady to get in. Mm-hmm. So I proceed to drive around. When I drive around, I get lucky. Three cars down from her. On the right side, not the left side in which she was looking to go, somebody's backing out. Mm-hmm. So, huh, I wait. I'm like, yes, hooray, <laughs> this is my fucking spot now. I did it the right way. I didn't cut her. Everybody's going around. I get ready to turn in. I see somebody in my rearview mirror creeping up. You said, who the fuck is this coming up beside and us? And I wish I had my shades on today because I, for- I forgot your windows aren't tinted as dark as mine. Not in the front, just the back. Yeah. <laughs> So she wouldn't even been able to see in yeah. mine. So Arteza is like, this woman has something to say. She's asking you to roll down the window. I wasn't going to let it down. I'm getting ready to turn. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So we let the window down. It's an older black lady. She's very attractive, very well put, put together. together. She has a little granddaughter over on the other seat. Women's History Month is coming up, people. <laughs> Acknowledge the women. That's what I'm kind of doing on the podcast today. I'm acknowledging them. I respect them. I love our black sisters. So the lady said... And this is how she sounded. I am not bullshitting. Oh, man, we've been waiting. Me and my granddaughter have been waiting about 30 minutes in line for somebody to just back out so we can get in. But after that, I just, after 30 minutes of waiting, I looked at my granddaughter and I said, we just going to go home. So we decided to go home. I said, well, parking spot opened up. All right. And, and I just turned and I just parking. drove off and drove into my parking spot. <laughs> we going to hell. But it wasn't until I parked that Artesia bust out laughing and she said, <laughs> you know, she was really asking for you. She was telling you this story so you could stop and allow her to drive into this parking spot since she's been waiting the longest. How the fuck I know you've been waiting 30 minutes? I just got there. We live in a world where people pull wool over your eyes all the time. <laughs> the only thing that she could have did to let me know that she was really trying to sell her on getting this spot is she could have put a tag around her daughter's neck with a cardboard box saying, please give us this spot. <laughs> That's the only thing she could have did to make or me understand. She could have just led with what she wanted. Or she, she tried to tell us. She a tried to tell us and that shit don't work for me. I am what a, she wanted as I'm opposed a, to just asking for it. She didn't know that she was talking to an asshole, <laughs> a dick. And a nigga who don't give a and shit. Then we got out the car and she just slowly rolled Slow, by. Slowly, she literally, <laughs> like on some uh, thug life shit, she rolled by and looked at me. And I had my glasses on and I stared at her and I nodded my head. And honestly, I was about to walk across because she was driving so slow. But I was like, this bitch may hit me. I'm going to just wait until she walked by. And then, I mean, until she drive by and then I'll go ahead and go into the bookstore. Yeah. She tried to sell it though. Like, it's my, it's not my job. This is a world where we are in this world on our own. And if I had own. been by myself, you, she probably would have got the spot. Why? If she had asked. You don't even know if this bitch was there really 30 minutes. I doubt she was there 30 you minutes. Know I mean, Let me that stop saying. Complete... It's Women's History Month. This woman was there probably I five minutes. I doubt if she was there 30 minutes. That was a complete exaggeration. But just for the simple fact that I did see her there before I pulled up mm-hmm. with a with her light on, waiting yeah. for somebody to come out. How many? I mean, there's been plenty of times where I've been waiting for somebody to come out, and then they just decide they're not coming out. They want to sit in the car like idiots. So get the fuck I out. Get it. When you get in the car and you back out, get the fuck out. Like I'm so respect as much as I am a dick and asshole. I'm mm-hmm. so respectful of people's time. Let me make sure they're still recording. The computer just went off. Give me two seconds. Jesus, we still moving. All right. So I've been a dick 
Yes, Your I was a life. dick. Damn, thank you. <laughs> but it's days that I'm like, I do do things to to really try to cater to people and help out. Mm-hmm. So what if I'm petty sometimes? I felt good being petty on yesterday. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. That was my first experience being like super, super petty in yeah, the moment. I try to teach you this um, shit all the time. So yeah, I, it, it really felt good, kind of. But I don't. I wouldn't make a lifestyle habit of it or anything. Who gives a shit when you don't feel like doing something? Don't fucking do it. I had a homegirl around Christmas time. And I just talked about it on the podcast. Maybe she'll even listen. I love her to death. She gonna hear it. I don't give a fuck. I'm an honest person. She literally calls me and says, "I don't think this relationship is showing reciprocity." I hope she said friendship. This fr- yeah, relationship, friendship is a relationship i mean jesus christ i mean we talk about being petty let's break it all the way down so anyway this person says i'm not showing reciprocity and that's something i try to pride myself on and the way i felt was i didn't feel like this person has invited me to anything or done anything for me to have to show reciprocity i call and i check up on this person when i get the time and that's that so within that same day we're around christmas time she said hey i'm having a christmas party after she talked to me about reciprocity reciprocity and she said hey i'm having a christmas party you should come over tonight i said no nah, i ain't gonna be able to make it now you said i think to after- her defense there have been several things that she's come to and supported you on. She and has. There have been a couple of things that I know because you brought them up in conversation yeah. that she did invite you to. Yeah. And you kind of didn't go at the last minute. So I don't I do anything see... at the last minute. That's the point. Well, you... And when I invite people to do things, it's mm-hmm. never last minute because I try to treat people and give people and accommodate to people the way that I would want somebody to accommodate well, to me. Well, what I'm saying is it wasn't planned at the last minute. This was something you told me about maybe weeks in advance and then at, like the day before or the day of you decided not to go yeah because i didn't feel like going that's the point well this you, is the I'm point too sure there's been you know how many people you know how many events i've probably had and people will say they were going to come and they don't show up but she's one of the consistent ones that had so uh who her yeah she came to some podcasts and she was on some the podcasts podcast events and, and she came to some events the yes fun, the, uh, but the reason i said no at that point in time is because when you throw something at me like that but mm-hmm. you can't tell me where because i asked where have I not shown reciprocity? Mm-hmm. She really didn't give me anything. And then I said, hey, let's meet up so we can talk about these things that you feel I haven't done mm-hmm. so we can address these and nip them in the bud. I've sent three to four text messages to yet I've heard anything in return. So why the fuck would I go out of my way and drive way across town to go somewhere when I try to address these issues and issues have never been taken care of or addressed? Well, to that, I have no answer. And how many times do people don't want to do shit and they go do it because anyway that they you know i do it all the time i'm not fucking doing it <laughs> I already this is what you got to understand when i tell people all the time mm-hmm. you got to follow so many rules and laws your whole life at what point in time are you living for yourself well and listen though in school you got to follow the rules you got laws of the lands for the police mm-hmm. you got taxes to pay if you believe in god you got to believe thou shalt not do all of this other shit mm-hmm. along with everything else you can't do you're not supposed to get tattoos the workforce don't really want you growing a beard they don't want you having long hair i mean not to be funny for us it sometimes sucks to be black because of the things we're laid before so at what point in your life are you going to say fuck society mm-hmm. fuck these rules fuck all of this shit that i'm supposed to be doing for everybody else and you know what put myself on a fucking pedestal well for me when i say i do it all the time i'm doing it for the people that have done it for me they're always for the culture (laughs) the people that have done it for me Mm -hmm. there's always going to be a time where you don't necessarily feel like doing something but just as i have those moments i'm sure they have those moments too but if they come through for me i'm damn sure gonna come through for them i feel like for the most part if it's something that's needed i've come through for those people i don't think it's too many people that could say i needed him here and he wasn't here and if it was that's the case 
it was a reasoning behind it. I think it's been with you several times, maybe once or twice, you've called me when you've had car trouble. Mm-hmm. And you've like, I called five times and I just so happened to get the call on what, maybe the sixth time. Yeah. And when I answer the phone, you're mad. I'm not a person to call anyways. Yeah. So when so I it call, took something out of you. Yeah. So when you called me, I'm like, why you sound so perturbed? And you was like, I've been calling you. And I'm like, I got a shitty phone. I still got the iPhone 6. Not the 6S, not the 6S, whatever, not the 7. And it's to a point where I don't even have anything on my phone because they say I have no more data, which is a lie. But all I can do is make phone calls and text messages on that. So if I do anything, a lot of times I use my second phone, which is a business phone, which I don't want to get my personal phone tied up with shit on my business phone. You Mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? So it's like I try to keep them separated. But there have been times that I've dropped the ball because of my phone. Mm -hmm. Like I said, if I ever drop the ball when somebody really needs me, it's it's really a real reason. And if I just don't come because I don't feel like it, then I'm in a place to where I can't support you or help you anyway. Mm-hmm. So me, I'm no good to you. Yeah, okay then. That's I'm no like good to you. I read before. Well, I should write a book. I say a lot of philo- philosophical shit. It's just street shit, but in it's philosophical opinion. shit. In my opinion. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the fucking truth. In my opinion. So I got a quick question from one of the TRI listeners. They said, for those who've been married before, how is dating different from now than before marriage? And for those who haven't been married, what's it like dating a divorced person? This is a TRI listener, but remember I told you on Facebook, I'm always in these groups. Mm-hmm. And this is where I get a lot of my topics yeah, from. Mean, so one fine. of the girls, this is a, a question posed to the group and to myself. Dating is definitely different once you've been married before, and especially if you have kids. I think that's the biggest difference for me. Because you have been married. Yeah, I have been married, and I do have kids from the marriage. And for me, I know this has been pretty much the only situation that I've been in since Mm -hmm. I've gotten divorced. Should we not work out, I'm probably not going to be um, dating until they get older because i just so don't want to chill introduce... on it for another eight years yeah because i don't want to introduce my kids to somebody else and it because who's to say that that situation is going to work like you just it's too many factors and you always have to think with your kids being first and foremost so, they know you as my boyfriend um and i don't want to bring somebody else into the picture it's already difficult enough as it is now dating with kids Okay. So there's no need to confuse them. And I'm single mm-hmm. by W-2 tax standards. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> Good way. By W-2 tax it. form standards, <laughs> I am single. I'm not married. I don't share a living space with anybody. So to answer her question from my perspective, is 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 dating a married person different than dating someone who is single with no kids and married. A it divorced is person. A I divorced hope you person. wouldn't be dating a married person. A well, I've slept with married people. So, uh, you know. Let's not go back down that road. All right. So, again, so for me, being single and dating someone who's divorced probably would have kids for the most part. It's definitely different than dating someone who's just single. I think someone who's single, they have baggage, just like a person who's divorced has baggage. But I think a person who's divorced has baggage. And a lot of times... Like in our situation, watch yourself now. I ain't worried about nothing you say. <laughs> but in our situation, I think it's like you may have baggage and you have things that come along with you. I don't because your kids are not baggage; no, they're your they're kids. Not. So they I know a lot of, of people package. exactly. So that's what it's a package deal. Mm-hmm. So the difference is, and I've explained in our situation so many times. It's like when you start taking things serious, and I'll give you yesterday's example with your daughter. Yes. So. 
it makes it different because I've told people, I can tell you don't want me to tell this story. No, it's Your okay. daughter's a great kid. It's okay. So this is what makes it different. So prime example yesterday, if I'm dating someone with no kids and never been married and no divorce or anything, it's just me and her. It's just me and her. We do whatever we got to do. We have fun. We want to have sex. We have sex. We want to do whatever we do, whatever we want to do. Maybe even possibly living together after all of this time. Mm-hmm. Hello, mama. I'm podcasting. You called me right in the middle of a podcast. I just wanted to answer. Are you, are you alive? Come over here for what? What y'all coming over here for? How long, how long y'all going to be here? Hi. My mother is so tacky. What's she say? Like she was like, I'm about to get ready to come over there. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing a podcast right now. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted to come over. I, told her, I was going to tell her she could still come, you know, her and my niece. But, hey, another time. The reality is where filtering becomes extinct. Well, we keep that bitch funky. <laughs> <laughs> so what was, I, what was I fucking saying? Okay. So if I, if I have a single woman, you know, you do what you do. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, with, when you're dating a divorced woman, you date in levels. Mm-hmm. You date. Her. Yes, her. I ain't dating a fucking kid. No, I'm just saying you date You date her, the woman. And then you date. And then you date the kids and then at some point as an introduction of the father if he's in their life and then you have to have the situation where you build a relationship with the mother you have to build a relationship with the kids and then you actually have to have a relationship with the father if he's in their life or the wife or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. so it's multiple relationships that you have to be tied into for this to work i'm a slow mover very slow so we just really now kind of addressing a lot of this thing this shit mm-hmm. but what makes it different is yesterday we went to the game and her i came to a game a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and her daughter saw me her daughter is a daddy's girl mm-hmm. you know your daughter i'm talking to you like you ain't even here yeah i know your daughter's uh <laughs> very much a daddy's girl a daddy's girl when you know he's what I'm around i'm not even in the picture okay so yesterday we get to the gym you had already walked in because mm-hmm. i was still you know looking at my books i just bought and i was getting ready to walk in so i'm getting ready to walk in your daughter runs up and she said hey what are you doing here and i'm like hey how you doing little lady everything going all right and she was like yeah it's, it's going good i said did you not want me here and she was like uh no i was like shit and just crush my 34 year old <laughs> spirit i was like kids are the little kings and queens of no filters this but, is I, the lo- reality but, but i loved it yeah exactly <laughs> but i loved it like i didn't come in and say my feelings was hurt i was just like i already feel out of place sometimes so it was yeah. like when i was there and when she said that i was just like well shit you know and that goes back to the pressure that I was talking about, especially, you know, because you try to balance what you want out yeah. of life and then what's best for your kids. Yeah. So I did have a talk with my daughter because I I just personally didn't like the way the and story sounded. And I didn't want sounded. you to, you know, because yeah. I didn't want it to be but like she's being punished. But when you told me that happened, yeah. I, now, I don't come at my kids sideways. No, of course. I just talk to them. And that's how we have our relationship or whatever. But when I talked to her, she was like, oh, I was just playing. And I had to tell her, I was like, well, what did you do to make it known that you were playing? Yeah. And so I had to give her an example to, to say, if I told you I didn't like that shirt you got on, mm-hmm. would you think I was playing? She was like, no, you just wouldn't like my shirt. But if I told you, oh, I'm just, if I laughed and said, oh, I'm just playing, yeah. then you would know, right? Yeah. And so that was a learning experience yeah, for her. Yeah, of course. And so she got it and whatever, but she wanted to apologize or her she, dad yeah. wanted her to apologize. Exactly. But, but I, I don't knew wanna, you said yeah. you didn't want to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. So I was just I like, don't, don't want her to apologize it. because it wasn't about getting her in trouble. It was just honestly it was letting you know mm-hmm. to kind of go back and reiterate 
the reasoning behind the process that we're going through mm-hmm. and how it's going to take some time mm-hmm. and how I have to decide if I want to take that time. Mm-hmm. So what I would say to anybody who's single dating someone who's divorced, you got to make sure you have time. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure you want to have that time and take that time because it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have some people who are rushing through things or like to rush through things and be like, I want to meet the kids. Like I got one homegirl who's dating a guy. She got a kid. He got a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, she's white. He's black. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, white people, they don't understand certain things. Mm-hmm. Like you've talked about it before, it's your job. If somebody came into a job and I went to break or lunch and they said, hey, Artesia, where's Anthony at? I haven't oh, yeah. seen him. You're not going to say, oh, he went to break and he's been gone about 30 minutes. Yeah. I think he went to lunch. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, I he, don't know. He in a restaurant. He in a restaurant. He'll be back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then you will let that, you will let that person mm-hmm. address it when they get back. Because if a black person took a break from something at work Mm -hmm. to do something personal, they're going to say, I went to the bathroom or they may say, Hey, this was important. I had to take a phone Mm -hmm. call and they'll explain themselves. Mm -hmm. White people take it upon themselves to explain for somebody when they they have no, they want to investigate and and they have no idea. So with this, with my home girl, which is the white girl and she's dating a black dude. And she was like, Hey, we've been talking for a little while now. And I'm like, what's a little while. She said, I think like a year. Mm -hmm. And she was like, he's met my son. I haven't met his daughter. I was like, well, have you thought that maybe the mother mm-hmm. doesn't want you to meet? Because that holds weight. Mm-hmm. And if he's a black man married to or who was with a black woman and the daughter is black, y'all ain't going to really be wanting just to be taking my daughter around willy nilly. Because white people, they're if, if a black man with a kid. A but, exactly. And if a black man with a kid from a black woman dated. Or put it like this, if I was a black, I'm a black man, if I'm married to you, we had a kid, we get divorced, and I have a black daughter, and I start dating a white girl, she I, she ain't going to never meet my daughter until I know for sure, for sure, mm-hmm. that we going to be something. Mm-hmm. And even then, I'm going to be skeptical because white women are so like, the ones I know, in my opinion, mm-hmm. they'll see her and be touching her and, oh, she's so pretty in her hair. And black women going to be like, bitch, just, yeah. just act like she's normal. Yeah. Not a pet that you've never seen before. Or a commodity. Or a commodity. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that white people don't understand or know about black people mm-hmm. and how, not to be funny, like Erica Badu said, I'm sensitive about my shit. Mm-hmm. I'm sensitive about my culture, about my skin, about, we're sensitive about it in the light. In light of white people trying to gain an understanding of mm-hmm. something they don't know, they just go full fledged hands in the hair. They don't ask questions. They don't let it come up in conversation. They want to go right for it, which makes the un- the, the situation uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I told her, I was like, he may not be ready for that shit. Yep. Everybody's not ready to introduce their kids exactly. to somebody they're just dating or sleeping with. I didn't want you. I mean, even though we've been talking for a yeah. long time, I didn't let you meet the kids until maybe what a year and a half. But I hate to say this too. A lot of women, especially when white women are dating black men, a lot of times when I hear the stories, I already in my mind I know he just fucking. Cause she's like, Yeah, we have sex. We go out sometimes. Keyword, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sex, yes. I know her, so I already know she's doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, have you ever went to dinner with the kid? No. Have you ever really met the kid? No. Have you sat down with the kid? No. Have you seen the kid in passing? No. Have you been to a family reunion? No. Have you been to church with him? No. You just getting fucked in. <laughs> if you ain't went to none of these places with a black man, yeah. you just getting fucked. If you only seen this nigga at his apartment, at night at bars, mm-hmm. he coming to you at your house, or you coming to him at his house, really not a lot of public anything, no pictures of you guys, it's a chance that you just getting fucked. Literally. Unfortunately. Is it unfortunately? Because some things I think you should know. Well, and I've told and, and I've told her but this is the but, this, the same. but I've told her these things and she's still worried about you the thing. And I'm like, Hey, you getting fucked. Yeah. 
there's somebody at my job. She's consistently asking for advice on dating and all this other stuff like that. And it's myself and another black girl. We always talk to her and try to put her up on game. And she just still keep coming back doing the same stupid shit. So at that point, it's on them. What were you saying about, what is this book you're reading? We both bought books. Because you were reading this book and you were saying it's talking about something. Yeah, Redefining the Black Woman. Um, and that's loosely because it's talking about basically how to balance, basically in the age of Michelle Obama, because she came out and, and everybody changed to the game. Everybody black, wants yeah. to be considered a Michelle. Everybody thinks that they're the Michelle type. But truth be told, everybody is not. Do you think you're a Michelle type? Yeah, I sure do. Why, though? Because I have the... Qual- you got to explain this because before, I just talked on it last week and I'll probably ask Kayla when she comes in, what makes people before, a Michelle Obama type? Even before Michelle Obama came to the forefront. Thank you, because I need you to say something before. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Pre-Michelle Obama. Even before this whole what it, movement came about, mm-hmm. I've always considered myself to be the type of woman that can hold it down in all aspects. Even though I'm not perfect and I don't have... You know, all my shit together, I'm still a work in progress, Mm -hmm. whatever. But when it comes to career-wise, being smart, being intelligent, being family-oriented, being supportive, I embody all of those qualities. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean when I say I have the Michelle qualities. And still down there. Exactly. Because that's the main point. You have a lot of women. I I want you to read that book and take at least three points from it that you feel like women can use. Mm Mm-hmm. And not women can use, men need to know. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a lot of things about men and women that we don't know. The mics are fucking clean. I know, but it's just something Look, about when you do it or when it happens. That's a clean mic. Like, that's uh. a clean mic head. I just put that. It's like a brand new condom on the dick. You are okay. You're perfect. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Again, man, you're listening to the reality is where filter becomes extinct. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. I stay with some cuss, I stay with some bitches, I stay with some money, just counted a ticket, I stop drinking lean, we're right back to liquor, pull up on your B.I., she know I'm a nigga, but she gon' get in, roll out with a thug. Alright man, we're back again, you're listening to episode 101 of The Reality Is Where Filter Becomes Extinct with me, your host Anthony Roberts, and Miss Artesia Swindle as my guest co-host today. So you wanted to correct something before we got off there. Yes, because previously when I was talking about uh, the whole Michelle Obama thing, I said that I, even though I don't have my shit together. Mm-hmm. And you got some people out there we already talked about like to pinpoint every little thing. So I do have my shit together. I'm just still a work in progress. So you financially have your shit together? I have my shit together. <laughs> oh, so we ain't going to just label. We're just going to make it a general statement. I have my shit together, but, you know. Everybody's a work in progress. Okay. I didn't want that to be taken out of context because I'm always <coughs> on my. Okay. Yeah. So before we get ready to get out of here, it was a video I watched from Soul Pancake. Did you see what I posted? It's on the, uh, the Reality that, is Facebook. I but I never got to watch it in its entirety. So basically, it, they, they're taking blind dating to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think what they do is show a picture. They didn't go into detail on the video I saw. But I think it's like they show a picture of, they show a picture of you to me mm-hmm. and a picture of me to you. And they pose questions like, he is, his name is, as a kid, he wanted to be, uh, how many times would you say he's been in love? Whatever, whatever. What does he do? What, what's important to him in marriage? And they ask these questions based off what the person looked like. And the people would write those questions out, mm-hmm. answer them. And based off looks, the last question would be, I would date him, I wouldn't date him. 
So after you present it, you come in, me and you will sit across from each other, male and female, mm-hmm. and I'll say, your name is so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you like this. You feel like we, uh, man, a uh, married couple needs this amount of money to make it in life. Mm-hmm. You are more, you know, if you were rich, you, your first thing you would buy is this. So you come out and I read all the things that I thought about you based off your picture. Mm-hmm. And then you do it vice versa. And then it comes back to me and I have to say, what did I say about you off the picture based off the picture I saw? I would date you or I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So if I said I would date you at the beginning, now I have to answer, would I still date you after knowing these things about you that you corrected or explained to me about the questions I had previously? So how did that particular couple turn out? Surprisingly, they both said they would date each other. Okay. Now, for me watching it, he was a handsome black dude. Mm-hmm. He was very in shape and athletic, bald head, nice little beard. Yeah, had I like, saw that yeah, part. Had like a fedora hat on. Mm-hmm. And the girl, the black chick, she wasn't ugly. But for me, she's not somebody I would date. You know? Of course. But it wasn't because she was unattractive, because she had a very pretty smile. Her mm-hmm. personality lit up the room, but I can't really pinpoint it or put my hand on it. She just it was just something. It was about just something her about her like that yeah, extra, extra, extra picky. So for me, when I saw it, I was just like, nah, I wouldn't date her. Mm-hmm. But after listening to her, it was one of those things to where I was like, I still would have said I wouldn't dated her. I would just been like, yeah, it was great getting to know you. Jesus. But that's the truth. But because he said he would and she said she would beforehand, mm-hmm. it worked out for them. But when I first saw it, I was like, nah, it wouldn't happen. So if you were to do something like that, how many women do you think you would have to go through before you got to one that you would date? Probably a lot. But I would definitely need to have sex on there so we could talk about that <laughs> before then. Sex. Because I think it's Next important. Question. Because I think it's important to know who your sexual counterpart is, mm-hmm. it, you know. And it's another. I'm gonna talk about this on another podcast with Kayla. If, if, you know, if we get that one in today. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but one thing I think that it's important to do is a lot of people have sex before they actually talk about the things that they need and like. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you have sex for the first time, you got to throw that shit out the window. You have to throw that shit out the window. Now, it may be great the first time, but you still got to put it out the window. If it's bad, put it out the window. If it's mediocre, put it out the window because it still has time to evolve and get better or not. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something that you need to address before going in saying, we just going to have sex. Because as a man, we're going to take control at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's new pussy. It's like a new toy. We're going to be playing with that motherfucker. We're going to be using it. We're going to be doing everything with it. And then once we get another one, we put that one over in the corner. Because sex for men is sex unless it's feelings tied to that. If there's no emotions tied to it, we could fuck all day. That's why we're able to have a girlfriend or some dude's got a wife and they can still do whatever they do on the side. And it's like, Lord Jesus, she meant nothing to me but a feeling. You mean everything to me. It doesn't make sense, but it we're going to say it doesn't make no sense, sense to you guys. I'm looking forward to Don't you talk about this in detail on the 100th episode? We talk a little bit about it, me and Frank. Okay. And Brandon. I'm, I'm looking that comes forward out, to That uh, comes out on tomorrow. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. And when I say tomorrow, this is Sunday. It'll come out Monday the 27th. Mm-hmm. We're recording this Sunday. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. And it'll be out the following week. Monday. Yeah. yeah. We may put it out Wednesday for a bonus. I'm not sure. I was saying if it was 30 minutes, we would put it out. But now we it's over an hour. over that. <laughs> so that's what it is. Where can they find you at on social media? No Artesia, K-N-O-W-A-R-T-E-S-I. Right. And you can find me on Facebook at Anthony Roberts on social media, um, Instagram at Sir Robert Poe. And all things the reality is at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Anchor. And be sure to keep up with everything that's going on. Listen to the podcast at www.com. 
TheRealityIs.com. That's www.thatherealityis.com. Be sure to email us at info at therealityis if you want to be on the podcast, if you want us to talk about a particular topic, if you want to be a guest via call-in, so on and so forth. We're still working on getting up on Blog Talk Radio to where we do live shows. We'll let you know each episode before we do a live show so you can click on the link and tune in live. Also, if you're continuing to listen on SoundCloud, you got to get away from SoundCloud in about the yeah. next week or two because we're no longer on SoundCloud. We have our old episodes there. So if you want to listen and share those, please do still leave comments, uh, click the heart, leave a rating or a review. But follow us on Facebook, Twitter. When we record from Blog Talk or when the video or uh, the podcast go out, whatever platform you click on that link, it'll bring you back to Blog Talk Radio. So make sure you tune in and keep up with all things with that. Man, like I always say, inhale courage to, uh, to exhale success. This is season two. I like to call this season two of the reality oh, is okay, that's season. Fancy. Yeah. So season two, will go through all of the episodes from 100 to 200. And once we'll 200, 300 start, three. we'll be in season three. So I'm going to make my seasons every 100 episodes. Like law and order. Coming to mind. Yeah. I would say <laughs> Seinfeld, but Seinfeld is done. So yeah, we need those 16, 17, 18 seasons in there. So this is season two, starting at episode 100 to one uh, to 200 and so on and so forth. You get it. We're glad to be here. Thanks for listening again. Inhale, courage to excel success, and we'll check with y'all next week. Be blessed. You ain't gonna say nothing to let the people know you're gone. Holla. Shit, that was whack. <laughs> oh my gosh, whips for it. Throw the dots on my spot. All I want is you. Hey guys, the book I was referring to at the end of the podcast is Black Woman Redefined. It's by Sophia A. Nelson, and it's dispelling myths and discovering fulfillment in the age of Michelle Obama. Maybe after reading that, some of y'all can get y'all shit together and be more like Michelle Obama and quit pretending to be somebody that you're not. Who y'all this bitch? Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.